I want to read something to you uh, that I wrote, um, that I've declared just about every day this week. Some of this came from Todd's message last week, some of this declaration. But this is what I was declaring, and I wrote it down in big old font, you know, handwriting font, just so I could every single day just look at this. And this is what I wrote, and this is what I declared this week. If I do nothing today, Father, you are madly in love with me. You are on the throne, and your plans for me will be fulfilled in my life. Now, I want to tell you that right there is a very true statement. But there's a flip side to that coin, and I declared that too. The flip side is a lot about what Todd was preaching last week. And I said, the next thing I declared is, what kingdom adventures are we going on together today? So it's, it's both and. You, we must get to a place where we can say, Papa, if I don't do anything today, doesn't change your heart for me one little bit. Let me tell you, there's tremendous freedom in that. And, and I would say most Christians are probably on the other side of the scale where they're trying to do a lot for God and, and always feeling like they don't measure up. Um, that's just a miserable way to live. Not, not Papa's heart for you at all. So, um, would, and the other side of that coin again is sometimes we can park it there. Once we finally get it, that we're loved, now I want to tell you, oh, but that's not, the, that's not the full story. Now that you get it, that there's nothing you have to do, you're loved just because, and that's the way it is, now you truly have something to go give away. So what's the adventure today, Papa? And he can decide what it is. So some, some days your adventure may not really include a lot of other people. It may be just something he wants to do with you. That's totally cool. It's his, his deal. Other days he may have you interacting with all kinds of people. It may be just one person that, that he wants you to touch in a certain way with, uh, you know, just to extend his love in a certain way that's going to change your life. You just never know. So I want to just uh, read this out line by line. And if you like what you just read, I want to encourage you to say this. I'll start this way. Father, if I do nothing today, you are madly in love with me. <laughs> Just soak that in for a minute. You are on the throne. And your plans for me will be fulfilled in my life. Yay! That's, that's good news. <laughs> okay, now, here's the second part. What kingdom adventures are we going on together today? He gets to tell you. He gets to show you. Kind of takes a lot of the anxiety out of life. Am I doing it right? So, putting this into practice, it was um, about 30 hours ago or so, I hadn't a clue what I was going to preach tonight. Not a clue. 
Um, I've known for weeks that I was going to preach tonight. It's not like I didn't have any advance warning. I just didn't know. Um, a lot of you were probably here for the, or some of you anyway, for the, the, the two weeks where I talked about the entrepreneurial sons and daughters of the king, that it's time to think brilliantly. Let me tell you, that was so passionate on my heart, I couldn't stop thinking about it all week, you know, each week as I was getting ready. This week, I'm like, okay, any, anything? Uh, you know, Suzanne and I were talking, I don't know, I don't know, it, do you ever like start doing a lot of thinking when things aren't like just happening the way you think God should be giving it to you? And all of a sudden, you come up with a lot of ideas because you're trying to get yourself out of a pinch, you know? You don't want to look stupid and don't have answers for whatever, so, so I started going, well, I, I could talk about that. I haven't talked about this for a long time, I haven't, haven't, I don't know. So then I realized, you know... Um, I've been spending a lot of time um, soaking with the Lord, um, especially soaking just meaning resting in his presence, knowing that he, he likes me a lot and thinks I'm pretty cool and things like that. And, um, but to be honest with you, this, this week I hadn't done a whole lot of that. And uh, I said, again, you, this is just, you know, yesterday afternoon. I'm going, well, I really don't have anything and I said, but you know what? If I do nothing today, Father, <laughs> you're madly in love with me. You're on the throne. Your plans for me will be fulfilled in my life. So I guess it's up to you what kingdom adventures we go on. So I decided I was going to stop coming up with a bunch of ideas of things that I could do for God, you know, uh, in the way of telling you something. And I said, I'm just going to rest in, in Papa's pleasure over me. So I did. Put on some music, some uh, soaking music, just laid there, and it wasn't very long before I'm, f- I'm feeling his pleasure and his joy over me, and my, my joy's, you know, full, full on returning, and my peace is there, and it's not like all of a sudden I have an idea of what to preach, but all of a sudden it didn't matter anymore. <laughs> it didn't matter that I didn't know what to preach. Um, and then in that place, I mean, maybe that lasted, I don't know, half an hour. I'm just enjoying him. And, and suddenly I'm getting a little, you know, a little snoozy. Like I'm getting all comfy with him. So, so I take a little nap. And by the way, by the way, just so you know, sometimes a nap is the most spiritual thing you can do when you really need one. I'm, I'm serious about that. You know, we, we can guilt ourselves about a lot of things. And believe it or not, we actually have a papa who wants us to enjoy life. Hey, there's a good word right there. And sometimes a nap is really enjoyable. And he says, I'm so glad you did that. So I, I napped. As I'm coming up out of this nap, um, I don't know about you all, but sometimes when I'm in that half awake, half asleep time, sometimes the Lord speaks a bunch right as I'm waking up before I'm really fully cognitively aware. I'm sure it's because my spirit and his were totally engaged as I was sleeping. I just didn't know about it. And so as I'm coming out of this, all of a sudden, like, my brain's trying to catch up with my, my spirit God. I'm, I'm convinced it's something like that. I'm not saying that's exactly what happens, but something like that happens. So suddenly I woke up, and, um, or not suddenly, as I'm waking up, I'm getting this really pretty cool uh, question. Not, not a statement, not a, you know, preach on this or whatever. It was a question, and it was very provoc. I mean, not, you know, very thought-provoking. And I thought, wow, that, that's cool. I'm going to write that down. 
And before I could even write it down, I had another one coming and another one. And um, so I got my computer out, and in less than five minutes' time, I wrote about a bunch, 30 questions. Um, just the coolest questions ever. And I thought, well, they're in God's like, well, there you go. Like, really, questions? Um, and, and I started thinking about it. And Jesus, as you know, um, asked a lot of questions. Even, even God, the Father, asked questions, you know, can, can the nation be saved in a day? <laughs> he asks very provoking questions, very thought-provoking questions. Understand that he already knows the answer, right? You know, Jesus never asked a question he didn't know. He's just kind of giving people an invitation. When God's asking you something, let me tell you, it's an invitation somewhere, if you'll go there. So when he turns, Jesus turns to his followers and says, well, everybody else took off. They didn't like what I just had to say. How about you? You guys going to go too? So that was an invitation to more if they wanted more. He was inviting them out if they wanted out, but more if they wanted more. Hey, who do you say that I am? There's one. I think he already knew who he was. I don't think he needed the answer to feel good about himself. <laughs> so, um, those are just examples of how God uses questions. So, I'm, gonna, I'm going to present to you some thought-provoking questions tonight. I'm not going to use all the ones that I came up with. But let me just tell you a few things. Um, I believe there are certain ones of these questions that are really going to provoke you. Like, not all of them will, but certain ones are really going to provoke you. Like, they're going to do something in you. Like, oh, pay attention to that. The ones that don't, no worries. Let them go. But the ones that really grip you, pay attention because that's an invitation from the Lord to go somewhere higher with him. You don't need to worry about writing them all down. If you're one that likes to write things down because it helps you, great. But actually, this next week, I'm, the email I send out, I'm going to put all these questions in that email. So they're all going to be there for you, okay? But if there's a certain one or two that really grip you, you know, maybe you want to jot that down. That's fine. Um, and if you're not on the email list, it's ask to be put on. You can go to our website, blazingfire.org, or email me, brent, at blazingfire.org. And just say, I want to be put on the email list. We send out one a week. Our elder team, we all take turns writing it. Always very encouraging. And amazing Bill Hernandez right there. Make sure it gets on our website too, our webpage. So, um, so that's how you can uh, see these next week if you don't happen to catch them all tonight. And the last thing I want to do before I show you some of these questions, I, I honestly, um, they're, they're on Keynote. I put them up there so you can see them. I didn't write anything else down. I didn't write down uh, scriptures. Believe me, almost every single one of these questions is rooted in scripture. Um, and I may mention some of them. I really don't know exactly what's going to happen right now. Because some of these questions, I think the most powerful thing that's going to happen is just to say nothing for a little while and let you really think about it. Again, I, this is the, what, what the Lord does. He's this... He's this um, he's a lover and a friend, and he's always, um, you know, he's doing this thing. He's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. That's what he does all the time. So um, that's what he's doing for you um, tonight. 
That's what he's going to do for you. So what I want to do is I want to stop and pray because I want to ask the Holy Spirit. We just want to open up our hearts and say, Holy Spirit, show us what we need to, to see tonight. So let's just ask him. He's our helper. Holy Spirit, we're asking for your help. And we're saying, would you bring, just release in this room more of that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Release that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know experientially things we did not know before. So that we can know the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of the love of God for us. Draw us. We're giving you permission. We're saying, draw us in. Draw us in, God. Because every single question you ask, you already have the answers to, and you already have the provision for. These are not trick questions, God. So show us your Papa's heart, even as we're reading these. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, here we go. Some thought-provoking questions. And um, here's the first one. What if we knew we were daddy's favorite all the time? I want you to think about this for you, even though I put it in the we. Almost all these questions are all about we. But I want you to think, what would my life look like? Suzanne brought it up about being daddy's favorite. It's true for all y'all, but you don't get the benefits of it unless you agree. So I want you to think about that. What? What if we knew that we were daddy's favorite all the time? What difference would that make in your life? There's going to be a lot of good silence tonight, just so you know. Sometimes we move so fast from one thing to the next, we didn't even think about it. You are his favorite. That's just the way it is. What if we were absolutely certain that God wasn't disappointed with us in any way. What if you never believed the lie that he was disappointed, putting up with you, tolerating you, You've heard me preach on a lot of these, so I, I, I almost don't want to go into all the details. It's, it's all there. It's all there in Scripture. I'm not actually making any of this up. But what difference would that make? What would that look like? There's another one. What if we gave ourselves the exact same worth and value that God does?
Think about that for your life. What if every single day of your life you gave yourself the same value and worth that God does? <laughs> I can just start by asking a question, another question. How much depression would there be? I'm just asking. Zippo, I hear. value that God has placed in your life is uh, the blood of his son. Anyone want to estimate that worth? And as Art Fuller says, my good bud says often, he says, You're, you are worth more to God than himself. Just think about that one for a minute. You're worth more to God than himself. Those are crazy statements. The thing is, it's true. <laughs> All right, here's another one. What if we always knew that God was good? Always. I want you to think about your current situations, your current circumstances. What if every second of every day you knew that he was good? And for you, and working all things out for your good, but you knew it. What difference would that make in your soul? <laughs> all right. Holy Spirit, keep us engaged here. I'm, I'm actually seeing a lot of you just totally soaking these in, which is awesome. Bless you. I like saying that. Here's some more. What would our relationship with God be like if we were convinced that we were blameless? Comes, all these are coming straight out of Scripture. I hope you know that. But if you were convinced you were blameless, that's what the Bible says we are. Because of Christ, we're blameless, without blame. That, that means nothing can be pinned against you. That means God's not stacking up a list to show you how you didn't measure up. Because of Christ, this is true. What would that, how would that change how you approach God and your relationship with him? I think a lot of times when we are not feeling clo the closeness of God, it's almost always because of our thought process and what we think God thinks about us. And it begins to shut down how we approach him. 
you knew you were blameless. Because the Bible says you get, to, you get to run into daddy's lap anytime you want. Run. <laughs> blameless. Actually, in, in Hebrews, um, it says you're perfect. Whoa. How can that be? Perfect. What? Justified. Justified. Used all over in scripture. That word justified means you have already been tried and you've already been found not guilty. That's what justified means. That's how we could say we're blameless. So if you knew that, what, what difference would that make for you? See, again, um, Bill Johnson says that... Uh, Bill Johnson says that faith is the currency of heaven. All things are ours in Christ. All things. We talked about that a few weeks ago. All things are ours in Christ. How do you access those all things? Faith. What does that mean? It means you agree. It means you believe it. This is, this is just the way it is. You are blameless before God. Here's another one. What if we always operated in our true nature of perfect love so that fear did not exist? What if? It's okay to get happy. It's really okay. What if? What if we actually believe we were made in the image of God, which we are, who is love, which he is, that makes us, we, makes us, our true nature is, is, is perfect love. We're made in his image. That's our true nature. So, let me just read from First uh, John for a second. I told you every single one of these, I could go to scripture after scripture. And show you where I'm getting all this. First John 4, verse 17. Love comes to its perfection in us when we can face the day of judgment fearlessly. <laughs> because even in, the, whoa, even in this world, we have become as he is. Dang. There it is. In his image, in love there is no room for fear, but perfect love drives out fear because fear implies punishment and whoever is afraid has not come to perfection in love. So fear is directly related to um, not believing and understanding and fully walking in our, our perfect nature of love and believing Papa's nature of love over us. That's where fear originates from. But what if we always operated in that true nature? I, before I go on, earlier when we were, when we were uh, interceding back there, one of the, the things I got in prayer, I just saw this gigantic yes, like in big bold letters, you know, Y-E-S exclamation point. And I went, wow, that's, that's awesome. And, um, and of course, I immediately jumped to um, 2 Corinthians 
where it talks about that big old yes. And it says that, um, that Jesus, First uh, Corinthians 1, starting verse 19, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, uh, he was never a yes and no. <laughs> he was never a yes and no. His nature is all yes. Wait, his nature is all Okay, his nature is all yes, for in him, I love that song, Todd, in him and through him and all that, for in him is found the yes to all of God's promises, and therefore it's through him that we answer amen. So how are you going to get these promises? I have some great news for you. The one who made it all possible lives in you. And he's the one through whom you get to, it's Jesus' yes right out of you back to the Father. That's the way it works. It really requires very little on our part. It, it requires opening this, these two lips and agreeing and saying yes. <laughs> That's already in your spirit. It's already there. This is not rocket science. This is a, this is a test you are, you are passing because of Christ. So if you're like looking at this list and going, dang, 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 then you missed it. You should be looking at this list and going, yes, 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 yes. And where I don't fully have it yet, thank you, Jesus, that more than ever, my answer is going to be yes to these promises because they're already yes. And your agreement with it comes from who? Jesus. That's what it says right there. Isn't that cool? All right, let's just look at another one. You guys all good so far? All right, okay. All right, yes. <laughs> yeah, how are you supposed to answer that? I set you up for that one. <laughs> what if we really believed we died to sin and sin wasn't our master anymore? What if we actually believed that all the time? Because that's exactly what scripture tells us in Romans 6. What if, what would your life look like? Think about that. What would your life look like? We want to reason it away and say, well, oh, oh, I, I think I know that's true, but sin is, you know, I, I can't help it and it's just awful. And, and it's like, you know what? Jesus in you... <laughs> He's, you've already died with him. Sin has no power over you. That's just the way it is. And as we agree with that, we actually live it. It's true. The problem again is right here when we don't agree with what, what God says is true. So um, am I saying that therefore no one ever sins again? No Christian sin? No, I'm not saying that at all because, because we forget who we are. We forget who Christ is. We forget what he's done. So when you forget, what do you do? You repent, which means you turn away from the, the lie you were believing. You turn back to the one who says, it's all done. I've done this for you. It's all done. All right, let me go on. What would happen if we always lived as free people under the covenant of grace?
Christ has set you free. And who the Son has set free is free indeed. Do you see any wiggle room in that? Can you see how I'm, I think, see, one of the things I get from these questions is I realize how much unbelief has seeped in and saturated certain things. And that's what's, that's what's killing us. It's, it's, it's not the enemy, it's unbelief. That's what's killing us. The enemy has already been defeated. Just, I don't know, take a gander at Colossians 2 if you, if you kind of wonder. Sometimes, I'm not saying the enemy doesn't have some power. God gave him some power to serve the Lord. Every, God is in control of all things. We, we can have a really distorted view that, that Satan's on the loose doing whatever he wants. No, I guarantee you, Papa's using all things to bring all things to Christ. Guaranteed. So the issue is, is, is our belief. Is we have wrong ways of thinking. That's why Paul talked about the renewing of the mind in Romans 12. Because we're not, we're not lining up with what God says is true. Our spirit knows it's true. But our soul, our, our emotions, our, th- our thoughts don't always line up. So when, that's, when you see something like this, I want to encourage you. Go, that's why we stopped and asked Holy Spirit to help us. Go to the helper who lives inside of you. He's brilliant. He will help you get all of this. He really will. So if there's areas, you know, if this is shown certain areas where you're like, dang, I wish I always believed that, ask for his help. That's why I said these are thought-provoking questions. I can't change you. I don't have the power to do that. The one who lives inside of you, yeah, he can change you. And he will change you from the inside out. But, but he also, uh, agreement makes a huge diff- uh, difference to God. It matters to him. And so uh, it, once, once he shows you things, don't beat yourself up. That's, doing, that's helping the enemy out because that's his job is to accuse you. Instead, say, wow, thank you, Papa. You love me so much. You're such a good daddy that you want me to see things um, where I get an upgrade and where I get to invite you to do for me what I can't do. See, now that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. Let's go on. What if the only addiction we had was to the all-consuming love of God? What if? Probably a lot of you have heard me say this before, but we have an addictive personality. We were born that way because we're supposed to be dang hungry and thirsty for the Lord. Like we got to have you, got to have you, got to have you. That's why we want more. We want more. It's true. We are... The Bible is filled with paradoxes. So if you're always in intellectually trying to figure it all out, you're going to get twisted up sometimes because we have it all in Christ. We have our fill in him and we're always hungry for more. And both are true. Besides all the other addictions, we go there because we're lacking the love. 
That's why we go other places. Because we're, we're so longing for something. And when it doesn't get filled, we fill it up with all kinds of stuff that makes us emptier and lonelier and all that kind of stuff. More distant from people we love, from God, from people we love. And God says, how about you just OD on my love? Let's go there. That's the invitation. What if shame and condemnation were feelings we knew nothing about? Like every day of our lives? Romans 8, 1. For those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. How much? How much? No wiggle room. I don't see any wiggle room there either. What if we didn't even know those feelings ever again? Because Christ actually took care of it. What would happen if we actually believed we hear the voice of God? I know some of you are saying, I know I hear the voice of God. No, I'm talking about where you, all the time, you, you realize that's supposed to be a part of your daily walk and all the time. Jesus said that in John 10. My sheep hear my voice. I hear people all the time. All the time. I don't hear God. With, with that belief system, guaranteed you won't. Instead, start asking a different question. God, how are you speaking to me? Hey, there's a different question. (laughs) Suzanne just talked about a kiss from heaven. A little Sophia that ran up to her with a certain banner that matched with what we prayed for 30 minutes earlier. Was that a coincidence? If you don't believe you hear from God, there's going to be a whole lot of coincidences that will pass right by you. He's talking to you all the time. Honestly. Every sunset. I mean, you've heard, you've read the books, you know, every, all the things in nature for sure, but I guarantee it's far more than that. And he will still speak quiet things to your heart, actual words. Rarely are the words of God audible. So people that say, I don't hear the voice of God, I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen. People will tell, will share, and I've had times where I've had heart-to-hearts with him where it's as though he's in the room talking to me. But that's not typical. Typical is that inward knowing. I just told you about one where I woke up from that nap and suddenly I had this amazing question. Where did that come from when I wasn't dreaming? I, I wasn't dreaming about questions. But I'm coming out of this sleep and all of a sudden there's this brilliant question. You've seen some of them. One after another, I can't type them fast enough. God talks to us. Okay, you're getting it. What if we saw money as a powerful tool in our hands for the sake of the kingdom instead of something that would save us? I'm just saying. What if? 
Because money's a big deal. Jesus talked about it a bunch. Because he knew whatever the currency system is of the day or of the country, he knows that's, a, that's quite a big stumbling block that, the, that our wrong thinking gets us to believe if only I had this much money, all my problems would be solved. By the way, I talked about this a lot a couple weeks ago when I was talking about entrepreneurial sons and daughters. I I meant to say something that night that I I get to say to you all, so you're here to hear it tonight. Um, But I talked about how as orphans, we operate, especially in the world of finances, we operate out of fear. As sons and daughters, we operate with a confidence, um, knowing just this, that it's a tool that that as we are more and more faithful with what we've been given, he can give us more and more. I talked to you about ministries where millions of dollars are flowing through them a, a year. I mean, I'm talking about legit, awesome ministries where they're doing amazing things, taking care of the poor. They're using the funds correctly, all that kind of good stuff. Millions of dollars coming through them. Why? Because... Because they were faithful here and here and here and the very little stuff. And he said, good, I can give you more and more and more. And those same ministries are trusting God at every single turn. Just because they have millions running through their books, it doesn't mean they're seeing it in front of them. They're always trusting him for the next huge dream they have. And the next, the next uh, you know, nation that needs, that needs help. So... It's not about hoarding wealth. It's about stewarding what God gives you and taking care of those he loves. And he says, awesome. Let's do more and more. Now, this is what I didn't say. I, did, I said all that a few weeks ago. This is what I didn't say to you. Is that I wanted to apologize to you on behalf of all pastors and ministries that through the years have operated in an orphan spirit and out of fear tried to manipulate you to give. And I truly want to say I'm sorry for that. I want to say to you as the body of Christ, I'm sorry for that. Um, I'm, and, and I can say that, that, that um, I operate in, the, in that, you know, before God got a hold of me. So um, it's not wrong to share a vision and, just, and to invite people to, to say, hey, would you be part of this? That's totally good. But isn't it, you know, when when the... When the giving message uh, revolves around the church being short on finances, see that now fear has set in, and now the the motivation isn't pure. And so um, God's well able to take care of all of His kids. You know, I'm I am I'm very grateful to those of you who who have faithfully given to us. But many years ago, God said, you know, enough of the fear thing, because um, because. In, on one hand, I could say that that um, because of your giving, Blazing Fire is able to keep going. That's true to an extent, but it's not the ultimate truth. The ultimate truth is we're doing what we're doing because Papa is investing in us, because he's saying, wow, I like what you're doing, um, and he's the one blessing. He, he blesses us through each other, though, doesn't he? I mean, usually. Usually it comes through people. It's so funny when people want, you know, they need something and, and all of a sudden someone might come to you, you know, and hand you a check and you're like, oh, no, 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 I can't accept that. <laughs> Usually it comes through people just to let you know. Um, 
Unless the Lord tells you not to. I understand that. Tells you not to accept it. But please, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to gloss over that other part. I really didn't mean to say I am truly sorry for that. Because I have done that in the past. In in the far past. And that's just not, that's not the kingdom. So I want to release you all from that. Um, I think sometimes even, you know, when anybody, any person in ministry starts talking about money, a lot of people get really nervous or there's buttons that are pushed right away because of all kinds of past experiences. I just want to free you from all of that. It's, it's really simple. You know, Paul gives a really simple explanation in second Corinthians eight, and nine, but he basically says, Hey, when you give, do it cause you want to <laughs> do it. Cause you're, you're made in daddy's image and you're, you're generous like he is. And the more, and then Paul says, and the more you do that, God says, cool, here you go. Here's some more because you know, you know what to do with it. So that's, that's the simplicity of the grace message of giving. All right. Okay. A couple more. What if we live with no impossibilities knowing that we would never die? What? Okay. But those statements are both in the Bible. <laughs> With God, all things are possible. All things? That's what it says. Okay. And um, Jesus said, those who believe in me will never die. So, in other words, we're not living in fear anymore. We're going to go after our dreams. We're actually believing that we have a father who who, uh, is committed to our success. And actually, his dreams for us are way beyond how big we've thought so far. So when you think big, think bigger still. And when you think bigger still, think bigger still. And then ask Papa to provide what you need. All right. What, if, uh, what would our lives be like if we continuously rested in God, never working for what's already ours in Christ? I'm just going to let you think on this one. What if we were never tempted to doubt that Jesus is totally infatuated and love struck for his bride? (laughs) His bride would be. Just want to make sure you're getting that. Her is you. (laughs) We are. All right. Uh, what would the family of God look like if we never got offended at each other? Now I'm getting personal. Everything was cool till now. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a couple, of, a couple of questions right now that are going to be relationally oriented. What would that look like? Ooh. Brent, how is that possible? You have died. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. Are you getting the connection yet? Dead people don't get offended. (laughs) And I'm dead serious. Uh, I don't know. 
Where's Josh when I need him? Okay. What would that look like? Now, because we do get offended, why? Because we forget that we already died. Then we get to go back to Papa when we're feeling offended and let him work it out with us in our hearts. Sometimes we go to the person and talk to him. Sometimes we don't. But always we let him deal with our hearts, right? That's, that's the way of the kingdom. Because we aren't quite there yet. How would husbands and wives treat each other if we always knew we were one flesh? Mm-hmm. Husband, wife, one flesh. You're one. So if you tear your spouse down, where are you going? If you build them up, where are you going? If you want to be married to a princess, you treat her as a princess. If you want to be married to a prince, you treat him as a prince. It's actually not true just for marriage, but it's very true for marriage. All right. How quickly would the world believe in Jesus if all the believers valued each other as God does? So that the world may know. Love for one another. Love, sometimes that doesn't communicate. What does it mean for us to love one another? Does that mean we hug each other and... Greet each other with a holy kiss. It can mean that. So I use the word value because that's a huge part of love is valuing each other. So what? How just how quickly would the world be saved? (laughs) If we actually valued each other. There's a couple more just like it. What would happen if we extended the same forgiveness, grace, and mercy to each other that God has extended to us? The same. The God who counts nothing against us. Here's another one. These are all in the same vein. What if we believed God, what if we believed God that each and every member of the body of Christ is completely indispensable? When I was uh, on sabbatical a few months ago, um, just in case you're new, Suzanne and I took a two-month rest, uh, December and January, very, very needed after 21 years of ministry, and it was, it was great. Uh, one of the things that we did was we, we uh, did some puzzles. Um, and I want to tell you, God spoke to me so much through, that, through doing puzzles. Hey, wait, does God speak to you? Oh, all the time, that's right. I remember now. As long as you're expecting that he's speaking to you, he's talking to you all the time through whatever you're doing, as long as you want to do it with him. And... Um, so, me and God were doing a puzzle. <laughs> and he starts talking to me about it. This was a gigantic puzzle. And it was a castle. And you had the you know, blue sky. And you got the castle in the middle and the, the wall. And then there's some bunch of red and purple, pink flowers over here. I don't know how you do puzzles, but um, you know, we do the outside usually first. And then we start to put the colors together. It's the way most people do puzzles. I know some people take one piece out. And then, anyway. <laughs> But as I was, (laughs) I do some of that too, actually, but after I've separated it all out. So the point is this, that I'm doing this puzzle, and God starts speaking to me totally through this puzzle. 
and says, oh yeah, I see the blue up here. You know, that's, there, there's streams of my church. There's people who, who just believe that this right here is what it's all about. And for them it is because that's what they were called to carry. And so they kind of think that everybody else is extremes in some other places. But, oh, and then you got these other people over here. They're working on the castle. And that's their world. And um, they kind of think blue is not really relevant. Um, and then you got the flowers over here, you know, all the red. The, you know, maybe they're really passionate people. I don't know. You guys know any passionate people? Maybe all the red is over here. And um, you get the idea, right? He, believe me, he talked to me for a, a, quite a while about this. And to, to be able to value the different parts of the body, which is not only individuals in a gathering, but also whole different streams in the church. It's just amazing to me how, how we try to find fault and how we basically are trying to make ourselves feel better by saying why other groups don't got it right. When we don't have to. We actually don't have to do that. We can enjoy our part of the puzzle and doing what we're called to do and be totally good with what other people are called to do and be okay with that. Knowing that there's a big picture that's, that's going on here and we can't see it all. So am I saying that everything everybody believes is right? No, I'm not because there's a lot of deception in the world. That's not the point I'm trying to make. But I am trying to say, even in the body of Christ, even with people who really love Jesus, we find all kinds of reasons to, to separate out and to you know, push people away. Um, anyway, I could go there quite a while. I think I'll stop. It's a passion of mine. Unity is. Uh, what if we believe that every single person in, the, in the, this world all had the very same father? Think about this one for a minute. What if we believed every single, what is it, 7 billion people in this earth, what if we truly believed that they all had the very same father? How would we treat them? That we all had the same father. And you might say, Brent, that sounds heretical to me. There's people out there who, you know, don't believe in Jesus. I don't think it's, they believe in the same father. That has, it has nothing to do with what, whether they believe they have the same father or not. What I said is, they all have the same father. Otherwise, how are they here? Ephesians. You understand that one day everybody's going to know Jesus is Lord, right? You understand that there's things that, aren't, <laughs> that are non-negotiables for God. Everyone's going to know. Even if they're right now, half the world, three-quarters of the world is saying, no, there is no Jesus. He's not the Savior. There's going to be a day when everyone will know. But it's also true that there's one Father. Let me just read this kind of cool verse to you in case you haven't thought about this. That, uh, this is Ephesians 3, verse 14. This then is what I pray. Kneeling before the Father, from whom every fatherhood in heaven and on earth takes its name. There are no families anywhere on this earth that didn't, the, the, the second father is small f, right? So capital F, father. He's the father of all fathers. There is no family on this earth that didn't derive their familiness and, and have, have their origin without him. So what difference would that make? How would we treat people? It's amazing how quickly we want to write off certain uh, people of different religions. And why? 
let's just treat them as brothers and sisters who don't know yet a Papa who adores them, who don't know yet a Savior who did everything to set them free. So they're not living in the freedom that's already purchased for them yet. Totally different way of looking at people. All right, we're all, we're, we truly are almost done. Just a couple more. What would we be doing if we believed God all the time? Kind of wraps it all up, you know? What would your life be? What would you be doing if you believed him all the time? I'm actually going to let you think about this one for a minute. the world look like if the sons of God were revealed? <laughs> That's right out of Romans 8. Creation is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Sons, all you daughters out there, that's you too. <laughs> if we really knew who we were. What would the world look like? How would we live if we always believed that Christ lived in us? These are just some kind of all-encompassing questions to end with. And there's one last one. What would happen if we trusted God with our whole heart and didn't lean on our own understanding? That sounds like a scripture, doesn't it? Proverbs 3, verse 5, is what this is. And um, I actually took a look at some of the, the meaning of the, the Hebrew behind this. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? What that, what that actually means is with your whole heart, every part of it. Why is that significant? Because I bet you everybody in this room says, well, you know, I trust him most of the time. I, there's, I trust him, but there's parts of me that don't trust him. Yeah, trust in the Lord with every part of your heart. Guess what? Certain parts of your heart have been really wounded, which is why that part has a real hard time trusting God when certain circumstances, situations come up. So what do you do about that? See, this verse is saying, trust him with a whole heart. How about, he's saying, how about you ask me to make your heart whole and to heal up those places that are hurt and wounded so that you can love me with and trust me with your whole heart. Doesn't that sound cool? That's what this is really saying. Which is what, again? It's an invitation God's saying, let me do this. Let me heal those places. And remember earlier, Suzanne said, it's going to take courage. This is going to take courage. It's so much easier not to deal with it. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's so much easier. You know, I'm already X number of years old. I probably only have this many years left before I go be with Jesus. I've gotten along thus far. I've pushed it all down. 
you know, you may be exhausted, but you're like, it's still easier than dealing with it. I'm, do you, can I just give you my opinion right now? This is not backed by scripture. Y'all heard that? So if you put this on Facebook or whatever, okay, just put that part too, that Brent said this is not backed by scripture. This is his opinion. Okay. Did we get that really clear? All right. I believe when you hear a lot about midlife crises, can I tell you what I think about that? I think that one of the reasons why so many people go haywire midway in their life and start making some really bizarro choices that are really bad for them and the people around them is because there are parts of their heart that were really hurt and they shoved that down for a lot of years until they got so tired they gave up pushing it down anymore. But instead of letting the Lord deal with the hurt, they just acted out, did the addictions, all the whatevers, because it, they just couldn't bear to actually deal with the pain. That's what I think. That's Brent's opinion. It just makes a lot of sense to me why, why it would happen for a lot of people kind of midlife. You just get tired pushing it all down. And so at some point, and, and yet those who have the courage, and believe me, I know many of you out here who have had the courage in the middle of your life to say, yeah, I have pushed stuff down for a lot of years and I'm done doing that. I want to I get to the root. I want to I wanna let God take care of my heart and heal it. I've seen many of you do that. Oh, my goodness, how I've seen the transformation in so many of you because you are willing to be courageous and go there. Good job. Really, God's, God's proud of you for letting him do that. But it is a choice. Um, and the second part of that, this, let me just finish this verse. Um, so trust in the Lord with all your heart, with your whole heart. And lean not on your own understanding. What that actually means, understanding, is, is actually the word to know. But even more specifically, it's to see God. See, this kind of changes the verse a little bit. So trust him with a whole heart. And uh, don't lean on your own understanding. Um, in all your ways, I'm sorry. This is not making sense because I didn't get to the second verse. So I'm, I apologize. So lean not on your own understanding means, means your own mental ability to distinguish. It's saying don't lean on that. In all your ways, acknowledge me. That word acknowledge, that's, that's to know and to see God. In all your ways, acknowledge me. And most of our scriptures say I will direct your path, right? So wh- rather than actually a much better translation is and I will make your path direct. I will make it straight. So if you will, if you will let me heal your heart up so that you can trust me with your whole heart, if you won't try to reason everything with your own reasoning, but instead, no matter what your circumstances, you're going to look to me and see me and see my eyes for you and and see me in whatever it is you're going through. I'm going to give you the shortcut ahead. You won't have to go on all these side journeys you're going to go straight ahead. That's what that verse means. Isn't that awesome? So, I think, again, I said earlier, these questions are all invitations to you. Certain ones have gripped you, I hope. Take them back to the Lord. Um, you know, keep engaging with Him. When you get home, um, you know, tonight, tomorrow morning, just 
Take some alone time. If some of these questions gripped you and ask him again, ask him, invite him into your heart. So in fact, right now we're just going to do that together for a minute. Just close your eyes for just a minute. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So I want right now, I am, I'm just going to invite for you and I, but it's pretty important that you're agreeing at least in your own spirit, if not even a little whisper out of your lips, but to say, God, I, I invite you to make my heart whole. I invite you to go to those places that are wounded to show me where those places are. Some of them I can't even see. So that I can let you heal those areas. So that I will invite you to heal those places. And for some of you, there's certain things that already are, you know, you're remembering certain things. Honestly, if you've been really tired of pushing them all down, it's probably because it's time not to anymore. It's time not to push them down anymore. It's time to let the Lord take them up and out. That's why we have Sozo teams. That's a, that's a huge part of what they do. They walk, Jesus walks along with you and they're just kind of tour guides helping you through to take those things up and out so that they don't have the power to wound you anymore. People who mistreated you. Situations that cause great trauma in your life. There actually is healing for all of it. So Papa, would you, would you begin to, to show us? I mean, literally, I'm seeing him like take your heart out of, it's kind of weird, but take your heart out of your chest cavity and kind of spin it around for you and let you see, let you see the places that, some of the places that have been hidden because it was kind of around the back. And he says, let's, let's look at this one because I don't want you living with this anymore. I don't want you tired and exhausted and having a, a button that the enemy can push. And Holy Spirit, we're asking for help um, not to trust our own self to work everything out for ourselves, but to trust our Papa who's for us. And help us, Holy Spirit, I want you to think for a minute, what circumstances are you going through right now that seem like a whirlwind around you, things that are not working out the way you hoped they would, the way you thought they should. What's happening in your world right now that's making you feel unsettled or anxious or upset or worried or fearful? In fact, if you would just say now, just repeat after me, Father, in the midst of these circumstances, I fix my gaze on you. I look at your eyes of approval for me. 
and I remember that you are good and you are for me all the time. And I thank you, I thank you, Father, that by your, uh, because of your love and by your grace, you are saying to us, look right here, see my eyes. I'm going to show you what my reality is. And because of that, we're going on a straight path, straight path up the hill. You don't have to go around the mountain again and again by looking at me. Not by figuring it out on yourself, but by looking at me. We're going straight. I will make your path direct. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Okay, so we just basically covered the whole Bible in an hour. Um, So on a night like tonight, it's quite possible that some, that some things got stirred up and um, my intent is never to like try to, you know, make you all stirred up with, with nowhere to, no way to take care of that. In fact, that's not the Lord's heart for you ever. But I promise you that the more you open your heart up to him and are honest with him, he will walk you through things. If you need some help, um, Russ and Susan are not here tonight. Um, they are overseers of our, of our Sozo ministry. Again, it's an inner healing ministry where they, you have two prayer counselors that kind of walk with you through some of the pain. It's all very um, discreet, all very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's that? Yeah, confidential. That's the word. Very confidential, very safe. Um, you can go on the website and sign up for a Sozo. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's an appointment that you would make. That's one, one thing you can do. But I will also let you know you, you and the Lord can do a lot on your own just by being really, really honest with him. You know, in other words, stop pretending that everything's okay and start being real. And, but just, but not real as in if you need to just vent for a while, that's cool. But venting alone isn't going to do it. He, God can take venting. He's really big. He's not, he's not, he's still not disappointed with you. Uh, but if you want to vent for a while, then at least get to the place of saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm done with my temper tantrum. Now, would you would you take a look at my heart with me and let's 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 go there because some things aren't right, okay? So there's a lot more I could say, but since this isn't a sozo training, I can't you know go over all the details. All that's to say, he will help you, and if you need some help, please reach out and get some help. Um, may I? Um, I don't know who was supposed to be up for prayer teams. I'm looking for like it. Um, you have them, and. Um, are there a handful or a bunch? A bunch? Okay. Have them come on up. So would the prayer team come on up? Come on up. All right. Now that does not look like a bunch to me. So now, if that's okay. So if you are one of those people that did an outreach that are going to do an outreach that we had up here and you want to minister to people tonight, I'm inviting you up here as well if you would like to, to minister. Okay. More and more are coming. That's good. All right. Um, and 
why, why do we have prayer? I want to just tell you why. Because um, if sometimes we think, why do we pray if God can do anything? Well, he can, but he has chosen to co-labor with us. And sometimes when you're coming up for prayer, maybe you're coming up for prayer for a hurt knee and he might actually show something else that, that really is going on in your heart. I don't know. I don't know. But when we start to agree with God's heart um, and speak things out, heaven listens and heaven answers. There's things that happen all the time when we pray. All the time. Not just when we see things immediately happen, but something is always going on. So agreement with God is super powerful, super important. So you might want to come up for prayer for for a physical need, but also it may just be something you're going through. Maybe, again, this message stirred something up a little bit. You just want to pray through it with somebody. But I would say this. This is not a long counseling session at all. Not, not here. So if you have something, if God's done something, try to give the much condensed version and then let them listen to God who is speaking to us all the time. And, and we'll agree with heaven for you. Okay? 